My name is Alison Lloyd and it's lovely to be with you all, my church family again. So we are still looking this week at the idea of good lives, good works and good news. So last week, just to recap, we looked at stories and how God and Jesus both use stories to explain deep spiritual truths. How we are to come as children, wide-eyed in wonder, to access these stories. How we all have a story to tell that points to the good news and reveals God's hearts to the listener. So this week, we're going to look at a story of Peter and John. How they shared the good news within their life story and how that brought, brought hope into a hopeless situation. But before we do, can we just take a step back into heaven? Let's look down at our place and our purpose on the earth. Because we are followers of Jesus, we walk in his footprints, we travel forward from a place where he left off. So if we do that, we need to look at why did he come to earth? And in Luke 4 verse 43, we looked at it briefly last week, Jesus said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. Jesus loved to be among his followers to walk and talk with them, but he knew he was sent to those without hope who needed to hear the good news. Jesus said he was sent not to the healthy, but to the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. We follow Jesus' example. Our purpose here on earth is to tell others about his kingdom and about his hope. Mark 16 verse 15, Jesus told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptised will be saved. So let's look at the story we're going to look at today from Acts chapter 3. A story about facing no hope. One day, Peter and John were going up into the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried into the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Now our story starts at three in the afternoon, a strange kind of time of day I think, a picking the kids up from school time of day, nearly finished work time of day, a yawny sleepy three o'clock time of day and it hasn't even been known for me to be yawny and sleepy at three o'clock and forget to pick the kids up from school. But anyway, here we have a lame man stuck in a pattern that has been going on for over 40 years. He's used to it as he does it day in and day out, a habitual beggar. This man sat every day in the same spot, sun, rain or shine, all day to beg. It's demeaning, but it keeps him fed. He's surviving, not thriving. What's more, he goes out every day to a place that promises to be a beautiful gate, a splendid passing through place. But he finds it's neither impressive nor a place for him to journey through. For he's seated in the dust, looking at people's feet. He sat on the way to the temple, to the eternal and incredible truth. But he has no way of walking in. Peter and John are travelling up to the temple. Upwards, both physically and spiritually, to a place close to God's presence. And yet, he 
He's in this place so close to God's presence, but he's in the mud to beg with no prospects, no hope, and so alone. Verse 3. It's about engaging with no hope. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Something it's, sometimes it's really hard when you pass by someone begging. It's uncomfortable. We walk perhaps a little bit further away. We perhaps avoid eye contact. We feel that we don't have the answer. What can I offer someone who feels they have no hope? We know as soon as we look into the eye of that person, we can identify with them. We show willingness to be part of their story. This is where the transformation starts and this is the amazing part of the story. These men of God don't pass by. They don't pretend they cannot see. They don't pass over this man with no hope. They count themselves into the moment and into that man's life story. Their lives are open up to being disrupted by someone in need. Their compassion causes them to put hope and act, hope into action for this man who has no hope. It causes their good lives to move to a place into good works. Let's go on to chapter verse 6. Bringing what we have to bring hope. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. So Peter and John here are lacking. They have no money. And in earthly terms, they fall far short. They do not have what this man is actually asking them for. So they could feel inadequate. They could shrink back and disengage. But instead, they connect and offer what they do have. I'm wondering what causes us to disengage from other people's needs. Is it the fact that we feel we fall short? The fact that we feel we have, don't have enough? Yet we do. We have eternal truths, eternal power, eternal strengths. We are rich. It's all about looking at what we do have and not focusing on what we feel we don't have. Let's go back to verse 7. Partnering with God to bring hope. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Amazing part of the story. This man has now freedom, possibilities and hope. He's mobile because of Peter's words. He has never been allowed into the temple before because he was that lame. But now he follows these men, the bringers of hope and good news, into the temple. He travels in and out, leaping and praising before the presence of God and before the people. Can you imagine it? A man crippled for 40 years, now leaping. Who taught him how to worship? No one. This is the expression of an authentic heart transformed. It must have been stiff and clumsy after a time of weak legs. 
but it was amazing, something precious and beautiful. By asking Peter to pray, God allows us to see him in amazing transformation. And God allows us to see him working into people's lives. That's why he asks us to pray and intervene. Let's go to verse 9. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what, God, what had happened to him. And Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, What's so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made the man walk by, his, by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant, Jesus, by doing this. This is the same Jesus that... And he goes on to tell Jesus' story. Through their good lives, Peter and John, they produce good works from which they see an opportunity now to declare the good news. I'm interested in what Peter said to the people. And last week we looked at a, a way of sharing, a tool of our sharing our stories by using the idea of H-U-G-S, hugs. So let's look at this idea, hugs, to process and look more closely at Peter's words. H. What is he going to hang the story on? So Peter looks around at the people in the temple and notices that they are mainly Jews. And he addresses them as the people of Israel and fellow believers in God, the God of our ancestors. He brings in other stories too of the Bible about Moses and Samuel and the promised Messiah through the prophets. And he takes things that are precious to them their identity in Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, and finds connection with them in his story of good news and hope. Letter U. Start the story with you and your and experience. So Peter is talking about his experience of what has just happened. It's a fresh story, a new story, and he also takes the crowd's joint experience with him and connects with it. He says, what's so surprising about this, what you've just seen, what we've experienced? Perhaps not quite what we would say. We'd be saying, flipping heck. G. At the point God breaks in the story. And Peter very clearly says very quickly, for it is God who has done this. So it takes us to our last letter, S. See the difference. So people can see the difference in this man already. Peter doesn't have to explain that once he couldn't walk and now he's jumping. But he does say this is the same Jesus. And he brings up Jesus very quickly, although no one else has mentioned it or asked him about it. He brings them to a point of the gospel. After the good news, after all the good news is about a different culture and a way of life that centres on the cross of Jesus. Not only does he bring Jesus into it, he leaves them with a way of responding to what he says, of seeing the difference in their own lives. So in the voice, we're going to look at verse 19. So now you need to rethink everything and turn to God so that your sins will be forgiven and a new day dawn, a new day can dawn, days of refreshing, times of flowing from the Lord. So he gives them 
a, a chance to turn around. So where does that leave us? This is an incredible story of a miracle. But Alison, you may say, I'm just not at that point of amazing miracles. I say to you, keep ready, keep believing in power and grow into a relationship with God. But while you're doing that, bring what you do have. We may feel we may not have much, that our story is inadequate, but that is not true. We do have stories of miracles in our lives, stories of heaven's hope, of new life, of good news. We just need to look and perhaps write them down and remember and be prepared for telling people about them. For example, perhaps the time you were born again. If you're not sure if you've been born again and would like to be, please write something in the box of prayer at the bottom of the live page. And if not you live, just email the church office. Times God has brought transformation into our lives by his good work. Perhaps it's healings that we haven't done, but we've seen around us that we would like to be, that have impacted our story. Miracles of small things, God's voice, God's provision. We've woken up feeling we lack hope and God has just come into our lives and spoken a whispered word and our lives, our mornings have been transformed. Our story could be from one of them past or one from today. It could be a small intervention or a new understanding. But I want you to realise that we can all bring hope. For those stuck in years of the same dry routines, so close to the presence of God, yet so far, we can bring hope. For those going through the motions, yet still without any legs to get to God's presence. We can bring hope and touch lives for those sitting in the dust of life, feeling very alone. We can bring hope by looking at those with no hope into the eyes and listening well, identifying with them. And we can bring hope by bringing our gifts of heaven to those in need and lifting them up and inviting them into the presence of God to meet face to face with the one who loves them. Let's pray. Thank you God that we are not people who flounder for our purpose on the earth. We are following in your footsteps to bring hope and good news to people who have no hope. And God, just as Peter and John, we want to be people who are happy to be interrupted in our day-to-day -day prayer and our day-to-day -day walking by people in need of hope. Words of hope, words of comfort and acts. And God, we just ask that we look at our lives and we, we be people who have good lives, who bring good deeds, good works, and who speak good news. God, that we trans form Huddersfield and our neighbourhood and the people near us by being active in sharing your love, sharing your kingdom, your different way of doing things and your hope. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.